This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning. And welcome everybody to our Tuesday show. Thank you for joining us today. Election Day 2020 with polls already open and results already coming in from Dixville Notch, which is always the the one polling place where they where they are able to uh, tell us uh, the results of their polling. I don't know how they got that uh, honor, but they've had it. I guess people have been talking about Dixville Notch and election years as long as I can remember. Um, polls open uh, around the country today, and as far as television goes, most of your most of your TV is going to be on. I mean, unless you watch Netflix or Hulu, of course. But oh, it was on last night. They yeah. had a countdown till midnight on CNN. I'm like, is this New well, Year? Well, sure, CNN and MSNBC and Fox and everything. But I, I think even over on ABC and NBC, I think all that's just election night coverage. I, you know. Um, it, look, if you've already voted, maybe you want to catch up on the Mandalorian. But I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be glued to that TV pretty much. Dude, election day is amazing. This is my favorite days of every four years. It used to be mine. <laughs> I know, right? So, what are your election day plans? I mean, we've we've all we've all voted, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sit at home and watch TV. You know what? You're gonna flip, you... or you're gonna find one place and kind of anchor it there. Yeah, I try to flip, but not too much. You remember how the other day you thought that 300,000 was a, a, lo- a large number for our area to not have voted still? No, I thought you said 300,000 well, had voted. They haven't voted yet. Oh, 300,000. Oh, registered voters haven't voted. Yeah. I mean, how many registered voters are there even in our area? Are we talking about the whole county or just the city? The county. I mean, what, like, uh, God, I wouldn't, Im- I couldn't imagine there are more than like half a million registered voters. You know, you don't count kids, you don't count people who never bothered to register, but yeah, you're, you were making a point though, I think. Yeah, I was reading that and there was a, a county in Pennsylvania, they had like 200,000 registered voters who still hadn't voted yet. So it might be that number may be on target for this area. I yeah, mean, well, could be, sure. I mean, the numbers have just been so high. I mean, already in, oh. in lots of areas, including where we live, uh, the part of Texas we live, more people have voted already uh, in early voting than voted in all of the 2016 election. So in 2018, there were 450,000 registered voters. There were how many? 450,000. Okay. And then voted in the 2018 elections was 205,000. Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely, you can tell that uh, voters are more engaged than they've been in the past. I, I don't think this year I've heard anybody say much about, uh, you know, that the big problem is that people, not enough people are voting. I mean, you, you, want, totally you, want, every, you want everybody to vote, I guess, but you could, you know, people seem energized. Uh, it, both ways. You know, people want to get out and vote. A lot of people did it early, and 
You can for sure see the 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 years that there were elections though, because it goes like 2014, uh, 19% of registered voters voted. 2016, 50% of them do that. It goes up quite a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who who don't bother until a a presidential election year comes around. You know, but look, uh, 2018 was a big vote. It really uh, was a, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a blue tidal wave for elected Democrats and flipping Congress and everything. So, Um, yeah, but it's just getting underway. And I would, I would, I would not expect them to announce a winner tonight on any of the channels. I mean, no. I, I doubt if I'm not even sure they'll make projections, you know, like they normally do. I'm, and I'm not even sure that's a good thing for the country when they start making these predictions. It's only three in the afternoon or whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, there have been a lot of elections before where votes did get counted. So. So the president has already said to some of his supporters that he's got his lawyers working on it so that when it hits midnight tonight, no more votes get counted, which would uh, mean that if he got his way, a lot of early votes would not be counted. Also, a lot of overseas votes, including U.S. servicemen, would not be counted. But I think it's kind of telling that the president wants to... Instead of trying to get votes, he's trying to get rid of votes. I mean, that, that kind of says something to me. So, um, in addition to election day, we are also going to talk to Alice Cooper this morning. Uh, he's got a song elected from early in his career that kind of gets pulled out and played uh, on election days a lot. So, Alice Cooper's going to zoom in with us uh, later this morning and talk about election day and, and his thoughts on it and all the presidents that he's known uh, over his life. He's golfed with most of them. Well, not most presidents, I mean, but most of the presidents he's met, he's golfed with. So we're going to have uh, Alice Cooper coming up a little bit later this morning. Let's go around and share what we're working on. So uh, we'll start sports. Brandon, sports headlines today. What are we going to have leading us off? Tom Brady and the Buccaneers held off a comeback from the Giants last night. They were able to get to victory. And the NBA, they are... Remember how they were looking to possibly get the next season going by December 22nd? Uh, Commissioner Adam Silver at this point is saying that that is very much in jeopardy and they're running out of time if they want to hit that hit that mark to kick off the season. All right. Uh, Joanna, entertainment news. What do we have coming up on entertainment today? Johnny Depp lost his libel lawsuit against a British tabloid that called him a wife beater. But more importantly, the judge decided that Amber Heard most definitely did not poop on Johnny's bed. Instead, he blamed Amber's dog, Boo, who had, quote, an incomplete mastery of her bowels after she accidentally consumed some marijuana. Wow. Oh, Holy moly. So there's that. Where was that case? Was that the same case? And that where was, was the, the judge? Was he in the UK or in, in the US? The I don't know. There's a lot to this. Were there photos of the poop? I mean, <laughs> did they watch the dog poop again? I think there were witnesses <laughs> of the, the poop. The dog lost control of its bowels after ingesting marijuana. Okay, but that kind of makes sense because <laughs> my dog Thank likes you. me to watch him when he poops. So there's probably someone in the room at that moment. Your dog likes you to watch him? Yeah, they have to. Do you ever notice that they make eye contact with you? Because they know that you're watching its back. Like it, 
I try not Baby to watch them. Or? I mean, I'd let them uh, do their business, you know, <laughs> no, without my prying eyes. It's kind of like, like they're like, hey, like you got my six, right? I'm like, yeah, bro, I got your back. Don't worry. I, I get it. Oh. They're in a vulnerable position. Yeah, that's okay. what it is. They're oh, interesting. So they're looking for somebody else in the pack to watch out for. Yeah. Haven't you ever noticed that? Brandon, when, you, when your dog goes poop and you're on a walk, doesn't your dog look at you like, you got me, right? No, he looks at me like, please turn around. Why? Like, this is private business. No. I, I can't believe I have like, to do this shamefully. outside. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you assume always, that's why he's looking at you, but he's actually looking at you, you for the reason no. Lisa's First can see, can question. See in his face. He looks at me in disgust. Like, come on, man. man like, look at privacy right here. in here, please. Look up the very first question. Why do dogs stare at you when they poop? The main reason is for protection. A descendant of wolves... Dogs are natural pack animals. Your dog is in a vulnerable position while he is doing his business, so it's instinctual for them to keep themselves safe, safe, and that's why they make eye contact. See? They're watch over me, bro. It puts, yeah. it puts the stink in instinctual. There you go. See? You guys are <laughs> learning. On that note, you congratulations to Brandon for getting his dog oh, back. Oh, got your dog back. Yeah, yeah, thank God, man. Were the neighbors friendly about it? Yeah, I mean, they weren't even really our neighbors. It was the lady that was driving through our neighborhood. Oh, and your dog was out running around. Oh. She grabbed him and then tried to. She was to just like, hey, free dog. Get the word. No, no, no. Got the word out. Like, no, hey, she, somebody lost a dog. Yeah, and- she jumped on Facebook, took a picture of him. Yeah, and the little jerk, the picture that she put of him that she took in her car. He's pooping. He's got the, no. He's got this big old smile on his face. And he's like, I'm going for a car ride. I'm having fun. Not realizing that it's complete panic and despair at our house trying to find him. Okay. <laughs> but she got him back. Yes. And it's not Chewy. No, it was Rocky. The oh, okay. Chewy's the dog that you had when you stayed at my house, right? Yep. Okay. How's Chewy? Old. Poor guy. And is Chewy spelled uh, the uh, the Wookiee uh, Wookie. way? It's, wo- it's, it's the, the Wookiee way. way, not the Mexican way? Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right, uh, Lisa. Well, obviously, today is mm-hmm. a big day. Sure it is. It's National Sandwich Day, so there's lots of deals for Woo! you to get. All <laughs> right, National Sandwich. Sandwich Day. Actually, it is. There's a post going up on buzzadamshow.com of where you can get some deals and steals for National Sandwich Day. But, yeah, also, it's Election Day. Um, so there's lots of different freebies for that as well. So you can go and check out. Wasn't there um, a donut? I don't want to say the which. I mean, I can't remember which one there's it was. Quite, there's but. a few different ones. So there's already a post. It should have gone up an hour ago. Uh, let me make sure it's gone up. But uh, different how you can eat your feelings this uh, election day. There's quite a few places that are doing deals and no buzz. Not all of them are to join the app. You can actually just get them because I know how you feel about it. It's okay, bro. I'm not joining your. I'm not getting your app just to get a donut. Yeah, um, Boston Market is giving away a free slider after 9 p.m. Eastern because they say that it's going to be well into the evening, probably. So you may get a little hungry. Um, Jersey Subs also is giving a free turkey sub or free delivery for your order of ten dollars or more. Um, Krispy Kreme, you get an I Voted sticker and a free glazed donut. Um, buy a hot or iced coffee through the McDonald's, I'm sorry, the app, and you get one of their new three McCafe items. Wendy's has something, Pyology, oh. Chili's, uh, Planet Fitness. So there's lots of different things. You can check out that post. It is up at buzzadamshow.com. All right, go and check that out and all the other posts uh, that we have at buzzadamshow.com. It's updated uh, every day, multiple times a day, in fact. So there's always something new waiting for you at buzzadamshow.com. Toll-free studio line, you want to give the show a call, we encourage that. You know, we kind of make that the priority. If somebody's taking the time to call us, we get to them just as quickly as we can. And that uh, toll-free studio line is 844-305-6210. 
That's 844-305-6210. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Uh, we got a phone call, um, as I gave out that number earlier. And we appreciate the calls. Good morning. Uh, who do this we have on James. the line? James, hello. Morning. Yeah, I'd like to say a couple of things in, uh, in Trump's favor. All right. Go ahead. Uh, you know, before before Trump, the, the, the economy is struggling. No, the economy was uh, doing well in the last term of Obama. That's not true. Not really. It was it was starting to improve, but it was nowhere near where, where Trump was able to get it to. Really? Do you have any figures to back that up, or can you cite anything? Yeah, the, the unemployment rate, especially for Latinos and the black community, that was the lowest that we've seen in our history. It, it was the lowest it's ever been. All right. Okay. And, 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 and I'd like to say, you know, especially in a, in a community like El Paso, you know, we've, we've got some people that are unemployed. And, and Trump has been trying to get manufacturing back to the United States for a few years. And he's met a lot of resistance. And he's met a lot of resistance. I mean, he's, he, he really took the fight to China. Obama said we were never going to get manufacturing jobs back in the United States, and nobody's ever questioned that. Nobody has ever said, well, why? Why can we not have manufacturing in the United States? Why is it that all of our manufacturing jobs have to go to China? Why, why is that a must? It's not a must. We can do that here in America. We can make, we can make baseball bats. We can make baseball gloves. We can make toaster ovens. We can do anything at Chinese well, I, I would say, James, that American companies have been making that, be, but because you, you, pay, you pay the cost for American labor when they bring right. their stuff to market, you got to pay more for it. And and sadly, I guess, Americans aren't willing to do that. So the companies that's that... A, that... That is the reason. China was being fed a big old, you know what, sandwich by the Trump administration. He was forcing those jobs to come back to the United States. Okay, so my first thing when you talk about the jobs, about the job thing, is so in 2014 and 2015, you had 250,000 jobs and 227,000 jobs that were brought in by the Obama administration. In 2019, there was 178,000 that were brought in by the Trump administration. So technically, we would have been doing better. And it was continuing to go up, however, until we did hit the pandemic. So your first uh, point that you were making was incorrect. I and mean, that was according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics in 2020 in August. So that is the first thing I'll bring right. up. When, when, uh, when Trump took over, he definitely continued a trend that was rising before he took office. The Obama administration, in their eight years, they lost 600,000 manufacturing jobs. In Trump's first two years, he got those back plus 200,000. Oh, okay, but you're bringing up manufacturing jobs. We're talking about job growth <laughs> right. overall. So when you look at his first years of office, you look 2014, 250, 2015, 227, 2013, 192, 2012, 181. So he was bringing, look, that number was statistically and steadily going up, which continued that trend during the Trump administration James, until we hit this recession. James, I, I appreciate your passion on this subject, and I appreciate your even keeled uh, approach to it. Yeah. But 
you know, there's a reason that when Trump had his clo- his clothing clothing line, all of that was made in Singapore or China or Vietnam. Because when you run a business, Ivanka's line ma- too. Ivanka's line when the when the first Make America Great Again hats came out, they also came out because they were produced in China. There's a reason that American manufacturers go to countries where labor is much cheaper, and uh, uh, corporate leaders. Uh, and producers are Republicans, they're Democrats, they're multinational, they're international. I think uh, just to say, oh, well, the jobs were going to China and now they're all going to come back to the U.S. If all the manufacturing jobs come back to the U.S., you're going to see consumer uh, price going out of control. You're going to, yeah, those jobs might be made in American factory. You're going to pay two or three times as much for the same consumer product. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, James, for the call. Have you voted yet? Uh, there you go. Okay. All right. I have a feeling that's kind of what he wanted to say all along. <laughs> <laughs> I had that feeling too. So I was like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, and that's the thing is like, I will agree that the jobs, yeah, was it continuing to go up? Absolutely. But that was a trend that started in 2011 because you saw in 2010. So in 2009, there was, we lost 421,000 jobs. In 2010, we saw it go up to 86,000 that we got. And then from there, it steadily increased from 2011 all the way up until 2019. Um, You saw that number increasing until the pandemic. Right. So that was an ongoing trend since 2010 that the jobs had continued to go up. I mean, we peaked at 2014 when we had 250,000 jobs. Now, and this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Washington Post. So that point right there, I was just kind of like, eh. You've really got to torture and twist the statistics to get that desired outcome. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We got Vince. Uh, Hey, Vince, we just got a couple minutes here, but you wanted to uh, make a point here on Election Day. Yeah, I'll make it quick, Buzz, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yep, all right, go ahead. I I don't have an education in economics or anything like that, so I'm not going to argue numbers or anything with you. My personal reasons for voting for Trump uh, are because he came into it without being influenced or bought and paid for by big corporations. So he did it on his own, and he had some good ideas. And, no, I don't agree with all the crap that comes out of his mouth. I mean, it's just frustrating when... You vote for somebody and you hear such stupidity. I would have appreciated it if he acted more like a president, a leader of the free world. Um, you know, I was but, Vince. I was, and I don't want to chew into your time, but I, I was making this point to a to a Trump supporter who was kind of, you know, sounded kind of like you. I was like, you know, if he wins, you've got to keep putting up with this for another four years. I think some <laughs> Trump supporters just yeah. might be exhausted. Yeah, that's true. But and the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, I've watched the way this country's changed since this election. Well, the previous election, actually. You know, the news, when you and I were growing up, they were unbiased. You know, they didn't, they sat there and they reported the news. They didn't give all this crap on one or the other, you know. And it's frustrating to watch our our news go turn into tabloid TV every night. And, And, you know, that... This had a big influence on the way this nation, I believe. The no, way no, you're right. Listen, there's just something you and I can absolutely agree on, and it started when they had a 24-hour news channel, and then they had multiple 24-hour news channels. Well, some days there's not enough news happening, so what did they do? They gave a bunch of people th- two or three hours, and it was all about opinion. So when you tune on sure. CNN or Fox News, you don't get as much news. 
you'll get a little bit of news, but what you mostly get are are people bloviating and uh, people expressing their opinions, and it's gotten to be That's so why much I like part David of Muir. Yeah, it's gotten to be so much part of of what we watch that we assume that's normal, and it's only normal because they've got to fill time. And you know, and I agree sure. with you. I agree with you, Vince. All right. And I really, I really, really feel that if that wasn't the case, people would be more looking at what he's actually trying to do because he has some great ideas. And you know, if it wasn't for his mouth, I really think <laughs> people would people would pay more attention to that because I mean, Buzz, I yeah. I think you could even agree that he does care about the country and is trying to do some good. He had some good ideas when he came in and he lived up to those things, but the press isn't going to give him a chance. They're not even going to report on all the good things. Well, let, let me depart there, Vince, by saying I, I, I think he cares more about himself and less about the country than any other president in my lifetime, and that includes Nixon, who I think at his core cared about the country more than Trump does. <laughs> all right. That may be true. All right. Thank you, buddy. All right. Have a great one. All right, thanks, Vince. That was a good Look at that. Look at that. You can get along. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I've got random facts for you, so if you're uh, ready for the educational portion of our show, let's go ahead and get to it. And I like to point out that I take this fairly seriously. I, I never want to give bad information, so I always get a good source and try and back it up with another good source so that we don't. I mean, I don't know that it's ever happened that we've given out something and we found out, oh, no, that's... That's not accurate, but I'm sure it'll eventually happen, but I really do my best to make sure these are on the level and legit. So let's get to today's three random facts. That was pretty anemic. (laughs) Random fact number one. The Vikings believed that in heaven, which they called Valhalla. Nice. Well, the Vikings believed that in heaven there was a giant goat whose udders provided an unlimited supply of beer. Okay. Okay, where is it? And suddenly, Judge Kavanaugh wants to convert to Viking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come a heathen. Where's the beer goat? Yeah. Valhalla. Yeah, Valhalla. Oh. Uh, you got to die in battle, though. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> the caveat. Remember I told you there was a Cobra Kai-related yeah. factoid? Yes. There you go. Yeah. Random fact number two for today. Pat Morita was 52 years old when he played Mr. Miyagi in The First Karate Kid. Okay. Uh-huh. Ralph Macchio turns 59 tomorrow. <gasps> oh. oh, my God. So weird. It's like the facts when you find out that uh, Mark Hamill... Is older I believe than it's older Obi-Wan. than, but yeah, he was older than. I think he uh, passed him a couple, a few years ago. Sir Alec Guinness <laughs> was oh. when he was playing Obi Wan Kenobi. This is weird. Ralph, I gotta say, Ralph Macchio looks great for almost sixty. Yeah, not bad. How old is? He looks the same. The dude hasn't aged, man. Well, how old is uh, is William Babka, who plays Johnny Lawrence? Zabka. Babka Zabka. Um. Zabka, come on, man. Billy Zabka. Well, what's he's her- fifty-five. Really? So the so Johnny w- was actually younger older. than da- Daniel Larusso. Mm-hmm. Daniel Larusso picking on the little kid. Oh. Yeah, I've forgotten. Part of his thing was he he looked he always looked way younger in everything he was in. So like when he was in The Outsiders, he was already like twenty-five. And he oh, looked like okay. a little kid. 
And uh, final random fact of the day, random fact number one for you. George Harrison was the first member of the Beatles to release a solo album. It was a soundtrack to a film in 1968 called Wonderwall. Mm. So, in answer to your question, uh, that's yes, everything Oasis ever did was a direct ripoff of the Beatles. <laughs> My Wonderwall. Yeah, on the surface, it seems like. Uh, Oasis was just a, a ripoff of the Beatles, but as you peel back the layers, you see that it goes all the way to the core. They were just a ripoff of the Beatles through and through. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I have learned a lot more in the past week about the powers granted to local and county officials by Texas state law <laughs> than I ever thought I would learn at this advanced stage in my life. I mean, it's crazy, right? There's so much we didn't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. So they're having a hearing tomorrow about, uh, and this is kind of specific to El Paso, but I think it's interesting no matter where you go. The county judge uh, is Ricardo Samaniego, and he ordered a two-week, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a quarantine, but, but tightening of the rules. Yeah, hmm? lockdown, shutdown. Yeah, Um his order shutting down non-essential businesses for two weeks, including restaurant, dining rooms, uh, gyms, salons, barbershops. A lot of these are still open because the mayor has come out and said he doesn't have the authority to do this. And the attorney general's backed up the mayor and says he doesn't have the authority uh, to do this. So uh, tomorrow at 9 a.m. there's going to be a hearing in front of court judge William Moody. And this is at the request of a group of 10 El Paso restaurant operators and the Texas AG's office to grant a temporary injunction halting enforcement. Now, this whole thing is... Ridiculous. Well, it's it's hard to follow. If If they're enforcing the order, it's the Sheriff's Department. The Sheriff's Department has said, we view the the county judge's order as enforceable, so we're going to enforce it. And Brandon has a post up at buzzadamshow.com that says that, that they're, they have enforced it. Mm-hmm. The El Paso Police Department has said they're not going to enforce it, so they're on the side of the mayor and the attorney general and presumably you know the, the people in this uh, group of restaurant owners. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is, I mean, depending on where you went yesterday... Because a lot of the businesses do feel like they're being targeted. So yesterday I went for a walk through my neighborhood and it was kind of like a ghost town. Nothing was open. Oh, they, some places actually were closed that oh, no, would no, normally no. have they, been open? They must have gone through and swept my my neighborhood specifically. Because, yeah, no, not, there was no dining, but then... What do you mean swept? Like, they, the, they like went through... Like, shut down the businesses. And said, you got to shut down? Yeah, or oh. you're only takeout only or whatever. Because, yeah, there was no... Normally, my street, like, um, you go down the street in my neighborhood, there's lots of people outdoor dining. You know, you can see it's a little bit busier. Because um, they what they did is they shut down the sidewalk so that they could add extra tables. So, normally, that's what you would see in my neighborhood. Yesterday, nothing. I didn't see any of that. So they must have came through and shut him down. But it was interesting because one of my my one of my good friends, he came over so we could go on a walk together. And he's like, it's so funny. And I'm like, why? And he's all the the other side of town because he lives on the east side. He's all popping. 
popping. He's like people going in, dining, he, yeah, hanging out of bars and stuff. Dining in bar, like inside, hanging out, and he's like, it's like nothing has happened. So once again, I think they're targeting certain areas that they think are quote unquote problem areas. But then they're, I mean, on Sunday I went to go have breakfast at a breakfast joint, and they were open, seating people inside. So I think they're just going through different areas that they think quote unquote, are where the problem areas are and shutting them down. And so once again, it's not fair and equal. It's they're targeting certain specific people or businesses or biz, let's be honest, business owners. So as far as the county judge's authority, I thought this was uh, pretty interesting. And I just I just found it out. You, you might be thinking, oh, this county judge is trying to go beyond the, you know, the historic powers of his office. No, the county judge's order only contradicts uh, a rule that goes back to October 7th of this year. So <laughs> try and follow this. Governor Greg Abbott's October 7th order suspended sections of the Texas government code that gives local officials emergency powers. So the Texas government code said, yeah, the county judge can make a decision on a more local basis that applies to the area that he has that he has uh, jurisdiction over. Mm-hmm. The governor put out an order of October 7th of this year that said, well, we're going to suspend that. And the actual verbiage was to ensure that local officials do not impose restrictions in response to the COVID-19 disaster that are inconsistent with the governor's order. So Judge Samaniego is, you know, making his order that I guess would have been ironclad before the governor said on October 7th, well, we're we're suspending your power to do that. So, right now, if you follow the mayor's advice, you'd open and have customers in. If you're a restaurant, if you followed the county judges, you wouldn't, and you would be liable to you you'd be liable to get a fine or some kind of citation or whatever it is they're doing. Did you find out the businesses that were closed, had they been threatened, like, this is what's going to happen, you're going to get a fine or we're going to shut you down for a month or anything like that? Not that I've seen. I see. If it, it seems like there are a lot of questions about this, oh, yeah, there are a lot of questions <laughs> If you're about confused, this. so yeah, are we. Join yeah. the club. <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. So today is election day. I've got a few tips. Coming up uh, later, the CDC has uh, put out advice on voting if you currently have the coronavirus. So I'll, I'll go into the details in that after the news. But yeah, they say you can vote even if you currently have coronavirus, which came as kind of a shock to me. But uh, I guess voting is one of those things that's so important, they'll make that exception. Um, but if you're voting in person today, first of all, What's wrong with you? You had three weeks to go out and do it before all the craziness started. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in Texas, anyway. But uh, they posted on CNN a bunch of uh, tips. So, you know, there might be little wrinkles that are different from state to state. Mm-hmm. But these apply kind of across the board. So you want to go vote. You want to stay safe during uh, coronavirus. So here's some of the advice they give. Try to spend most of your wait outdoors so if it's possible uh if you can if there's a line that's mostly outside 
that might be an option. You probably want to check with the with the uh, voting officials there. Make sure you don't just ask somebody in line. Ask you know the last thing you would yeah, want to do in front of you. Yeah. Hey. Uh, so what, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> I don't know. I just lined up before. This is just the line to vote. Did you no, get to, man, this you, is the line to the bathroom. Three hours oh, later, yeah. you get up and you're at the bathroom and say <laughs> the wrong gender. <laughs> it just reminds me of the, the SNL stroll into the polls. They're like, you have your mask, Strolling right? To the polls. <laughs> you have your mask, right? right. Uh, I, I can't use my hand. Check for uh, polling places and, you know, ask before you line up, if if you have the option of lining up outside, and then only go in when it's time to cast your vote, vote at a less busy time of day. Well, they need to clarify that because I I don't I know when be that busy would be. All day. It says most people vote on election day before and after work or on their lunch break. So if you could get out like at ten, yeah, midday, mid afternoon, uh, might be better for you just as as far as the crowds go. Choose your mask carefully, they say. This might be the time to break out kind of that deluxe N95 mask that you've been saving for a special occasion. So, this is that special occasion. Yeah. Also, cloth masks with two or three layers are better than one. Make sure you keep your nose covered. I mean, if you go and you've only got the mask over your mouth. You've got two open holes on your face that are just taken in, you know, into your respiratory system. Oh, it's like, what so about your, your ears? Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're connected to the respiratory oh, system. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, you know, and a lot of this advice is just like stuff that they have been saying since February. Follow social distancing rules. Try to stay at least six feet away from the people in line around you especially if they're not wearing a mask. When I went to go vote uh, last week, they had signs that said masks were encouraged, but I could tell by the wording they're not allowed to say... You have to. You Mm -hmm. have to. So there might be some people in... Remember, all of these science deniers and people that say that COVID is a hoax, they also vote. And the rules are not as strict uh, when it comes to this one activity voting so uh follow the social distancing rules especially if you're around somebody who for some reason is not wearing a mask uh bring hand sanitizer well the one i went to had hand sanitizer i mean they they offered me hand sanitizer half a dozen times and i was only in there for like 15 minutes so but they're uh, like you like a hundred percent sure we're just gonna leave it here in case you want to grab it well every place that i went you know when you check in at the door they offered hand sanitizer when you went over to get your voting package. They, you know, and then when you did, you guys was it the same way for you? You filled out the the thing and then you had to slide it into a reader or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yes. That's not the way we did it in two thousand. I mean, that's different than two thousand eighteen. The last couple times I've had to do it, that's how I've had to. Two two thousand sixteen was was different. I I don't know if they change every single time around a little bit or. Well, then maybe they're probably updating the technology. I guess. The uh, last couple times I've, I've, I voted, I remember that they did have that. This was the first time I, I fed the card into a reader. I think in 2016, it was all on a computer screen. And uh, didn't print out anything. 
Of course, a lot's happened since 2016. <laughs> it's been 10 years since then. But as far as the hand sanitizer goes... I do remember goes, the they, card. They, because I remember that they put all your information on the card, and then they're like, okay, now you go push it. The the feeding the paper into the reader... Oops. I'm not sure. I still oh. got my finger condom. I'm saving that for a special like occasion. Were you that counting away? that as a fact? Is that why you rang the bell? No, no, fact, that was but accident. still has his condom. <laughs> Finger condom. Oh, okay. I feel like maybe you should have thrown that away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't used it yet. Okay. You put it on your finger. You, you used it when you voted, though, right? No, he didn't. No. Did? I'm just keeping it as a souvenir. Wow, you voted raw? That's so rude. No, I oh used the Q-tip. Oh. Did you guys get a Q-tip with oh, yours? Oh, yeah. They I didn't got, tell yeah, me what that was. The, things, they yeah. told me not to use the Q-tip when I signed. They told me to use the finger condom to sign. They told me specifically to use the Q-tip. I did not use. Were any. they wipe? But then were they wiping the screens down after? Actually, they, yeah, they, they were wiping they it wiped down. Wiped yeah. everything yeah. down. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's what they told me. They said, "Well, you were supposed to use the Q-tip, but it's okay because we wipe it down every time, anyways." Uh, so they're saying that uh, although most of these polling places have hand sanitizer and it's been available uh, for early voting in Texas, they, you know, they might run out. You don't want to get there and find out you need it and don't have it. So maybe bring your own. Uh, bring your own pen. Yes, I do that. Well, why do you bring your own pen? I've al- you know what? I've always been like that. I've always carried a pen in my purse, so I don't use pens like at restaurants or anything like that. I always just pull out my own pen to sign. Well, that this was one, pre-pandemic. This, this <laughs> one, there was no pen involved. Was there, or did I'm trying to think no, when I went in and signed anything? You showed your you showed your ID, mm-hmm. and then they gave you the package. You uh, signed the thing, but maybe they, in different places. In different oh. places, you might write something down or fill in an oval or whatever. But yeah. in Texas, uh, bring something like a Q-tip because it's touchscreen, but also uh, they may they may you. provide it for you. But again, if you know, if you don't want to touch the screen, you want to be extra sure. Bring something to touch the screen with. Um, it, listen, I know we have listers at other states, so if if you're bringing your own pen in your state, if it's not a touch screen, you got to bring your own pen. The pen has to be blue or black. It yes. can't be red or any other True. color. It's just one of those weird things. Am I things. allowed to have glitter? I was going to say, what about my milky pens? Remember those gel pens? Oh, God. Black or blue? Those are terrible. Or you get one of those wiggle riders. Remember those ones that you turn on and like. Yeah. I used to. I, I always keep my own pen because I'm very particular about what pens and ink I use. It's weird. I'm sorry. Well, that's not weird. I th- this this pen right here. Yeah. I see, those a, are it. That's I what bought, I like. I bought a box of these. My, yeah, that's five my jam. years ago when I first moved to El Paso. This is the last pen from that box, and I have used every single one. Till it has run out of ink. It just smoother. Speaking of which, I need to, I need to uh, buy a new box. I used to get so mad when I was a server and people would steal my pens because I was very particular about them. So as a joke, I bought like some Miley Cyrus and some like, you know, just Dora the Explorer. No, they stole those even more. I was like, darn it. I thought they weren't cool, so nobody would want them. They got one other piece of advice here, and that is don't bring anyone who doesn't need to be there. So this is not <laughs> the said, year don't to... Bring don't bring any wine. Don't bring any wine. It's provided. <laughs> no, don't, don't bring anyone. Okay. Uh, so it's not the year to bring your kids so you can show them how democracy works. This is just not the right... <laughs> Right time to do that with, or the just pandemic. leave them outside, or just in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not so hot outside. No, leave leave them at home or with a sitter, or with a you know, with another parent. Uh, if you're if you're elderly and you need somebody to help you, of course, 
you know, you can do that. But I remember going. Don't make it a family affair. I think I was probably. I think it might have been the '92 election. And my dad took me into the voters booth with him. Like I just he he was mm-hmm. going to go vote, so I I went with him. And he asked me, he goes, "You want to be president?" I was like, "Yeah." So he wrote you in. Yeah, he did. I got to write in. <laughs> I got to vote for president when I was twelve years old. I remember this one time my parents went to vote, I and guess then he... they had a section for kids to vote. <gasps> How cool! So they sent me, and they're like, "You go vote over there." I don't know what the hell I was doing. You're like, uh, I know. I remember I, I, I went once and they asked me, like, oh, did you vote at school? We're like, yeah, we had our own election. And they're like, who'd you vote for? Ma? Ross Perot, because I felt bad nobody's voting for him. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Perot. And my dad looks at me, he's like, you're not supposed to tell people what you voted for. So I'm like, so I can't tell them that you voted for. And he's like grabbing me. He's like, and she's leaving now. <laughs> Is that right? You're not supposed to tell people you voted for? Um, like at the yeah, poll, I, I always heard like you're private. not supposed to ask people. Who they voted for? Oh, I was if you want to tell there, somebody, yeah, I, I just remember because I was like, I told my dad to vote for Ross Perot because I feel bad for him, uh-huh. and my dad was like, "That's not who I voted for." <laughs> like, so I, I, I didn't do that. The Sinclair stations in town, so Sinclair is a media group, and they own stations all over the country, and they were the ones. Do you remember la- last year, or two years ago? They had that weird thing where all of their mm-hmm. anchors were reading the same thing about their commitment to fight fake news but then oh, also right. they have like uh Boris Epstein doing commentary and he's basically just a mouthpiece for the Trump administration uh, but but it was really weird cuz they they had somebody made a supercut of it and all these anchors are looking into a camera like it's a hostage <laughs> video and repeating word for But then word there's the some anchors thing. that look like they believe it. So they're like. Yeah, there were some that were selling it. And then there were others that really looked like somebody had a rifle pointed at them from off camera. But uh, They were holding the day's newspaper. <laughs> so I noticed the Sinclair stations are running this promo. It's like, if you see a, a voter fraud or attempted vro- voter fraud reported to us. And I was, you know, my first instinct is. Oh, okay, they they want to help people, and then I remember that there are Sinclair stations. Like, oh, they're just spreading that whole thing about you know there's massive voter fraud, like mm-hmm. like Trump says there is. So they wanted to see evidence of voter fraud. So here's my suggestion, and they want you to send it to like their their mobile app or uh, whatever. Send them their own story about mm-hmm. the Texas GOP trying to suppress the votes of over 120,000 people in Harris County. It's like, see hey, I works. saw some voter fraud. In fact, I saw it on your website. The GOP <laughs> tried to take away 120,000 votes in a most in a majority minority mm-hmm. county in mm-hmm. Texas. Is that not the most trivial thing on the planet? What's that? Trying to get rid of, I mean, that, that, I, I mean, the intent really is not trivial. Shows, I mean, it's really an assault no, on democracy. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think that the, like, I don't think that that's what I'm calling trivial. I think it's the, um, what am I trying to say here? It's the, um, the action of, of, of truly, of, it, the, the argument, I guess, is trivial. It would be like if you filled say. it in with a pen and like it got a little bit out of the line and you've got these these partisans feverishly going through and find where you went outside the line on one of your selections and throw out the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it really says something if one side is trying to get rid of votes and the other side is trying to get votes. You know what I mean? The fact that uh, at this point, the day before the election... The president is talking a lot more about throwing votes out than he is making the plea for why you should vote for him. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, so we have a few other Election Day tidbits for you. 
Uh, people will be voting around the country. Uh-huh. Oh, I just I just read a poll. Sure. The New York Times did a poll of women named Karen, so it's being called the Karen poll. I love it. Do you want to hear the results of the Karen poll? They will not be getting their booties to any type of stripper pole. This was a New York Times poll of the Karen demographic, that is women of all ages named Karen. I mean, I say all ages, but let's face it, it's mostly 40 and above, right? (laughs) Uh, So uh, in this poll of people named Karen, 60% say that they are voting or have already voted for Joe Biden. So Joe Biden's got the got the clear mandate among the Karens in this poll. 40% of Karens said that they will uh, vote for Trump. Well, yeah, the last four years, Trump's been manager, and they want to speak to the manager. They're not happy. <laughs> there you mm-hmm. go. Let's do the sandwich stuff, then I'm going to tell you what the CDC is telling people who, who currently actively have a case of coronavirus. They're, the CDC's mm-hmm, official mm-hmm. advice is that you can still vote. But how you can do that is interesting. So it's National uh, Sandwich Day. Oh, I, this is interesting. I've got the favorite sandwich in all 50 states. Did oh, you want to? Brandon you wanna... also has that as a post up yeah. on a website. You can go to our website. All right. Boom. Tell me what your findings are. Well, do you want me to go by state by state or what do you want me to what do? You want, Let's how do you find out ours first. Brandon, favorite sandwich. Mm, if I had to pick one sandwich, yep. it's got to be. Have you ever been to New York? And gotten those legit, like hot pastrami sandwiches on rye, oh. like out on the street. No, in a restaurant. Oh, no, on the street no, you get a hot dog. On the street you get a hot dog, you uh. get pizza, you get a pastrami sandwich too. No, 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 no. I'm talking about those real good ones. You can go to like Carnegie Deli or something. Have you ever seen the size of the ones at Carnegie Deli? I was at Carnegie Deli. I had, uh, what did I, have? I didn't have a pastrami sandwich. Well, then you missed out, sir. Yeah. I think I had matzo ball. Carnegie Deli is really a lot of places in Manhattan. If you're finished eating and it looks like you're done and you're just sitting talking, they will they rush get you the hell you. out, they man, because the line's going you. outside oh, the yeah, door. Absolutely. Um, no, I didn't try a sandwich there. Oh man, I'm telling you, like that. Just that. Oh yeah, it's so good. Is that your favorite pastrami? pastrami. New York oh. City Carnegie Deli oh. pastrami sandwich. Oh yeah. Joanna, I'm interested to hear yours. I've never been to New York. And no, no, I it's feel a, what your favorite sandwich. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's this sandwich at Corner Bakery called Uptown Turkey. Yeah. It's delicious. It's turkey, bacon, avocado on this like wheat bread. It's so good. And then they, don't they put a, isn't there a avocado on it too? Yes. Yep. I know what sandwich you're talking about. I've had it. I get that with the half with the loaded baked potato soup. Delicious. I love a good BLT, man. Oh, that's really? Mm-hmm. Is that your go to? Would you Gosh. say that's your favorite if you have to pick one? Because I there's a lot of sandwiches I like, man. But um, if I had to pick one, it would be that pastrami sandwich. I, no, it's not my go-to, but like sometimes I like that for breakfast. Okay. But it's a lot of work, so I really only have it when I'm visiting my mom. <laughs> there you <laughs> like go. A BLT. See, there's uh, a restaurant in, in California called Sub King, and I just like their turkey sandwich that they have there. And it's funny because the owner... 
Shaquille O'Neal would always go in there. So there's just a giant life-size photo of him. Wait, Shaquille O'Neal was the owner? No, no, no. He's friends with the owner. So oh. he would go in every time he came like to town. But they'd have the giant life-size photo of Shaquille O'Neal in there. And you're just like, oh my gosh, he really is that tall. Uh, no, but the bread they have there is so good. Dude, bread can the bread, make, make or, or break, break a sandwich. Oh, for sure. Make or if break a sandwich. If you got bad bread, get the hell out of here. I don't want it. Is a hamburger sandwich? I'd say it classifies as one. It classifies. But that's not really what we're talking about here, right? No. No, 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 no. no. But it is National Sandwich Day. A lot of places are celebrating. You can head over to buzzadamshow.com. Check out some of the deals we have on there. Um, Like, for instance, Jimmy Jones. They are doing a buy one, get one free. They're gargantuan. Never had one. It's like a thousand calories. But it's so worth it. I've been it. meaning oh, to have one ever since Jimmy John is no longer Big Game Hunter. I decided there you to go. support his restaurant, <laughs> yeah. but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, there's, we have a we have a few different good ones that you probably haven't had yet. Have you had Capriati's yet? I've never even heard of Capriati's. I have not. Oh, it's it's good. So is Cap- that former tennis star Jennifer Capriati got in the uh, sandwich business or something? I do not know. <laughs> um, they kind of do. They do like the the cheesesteak sandwiches. So they do like a Philly cheesesteak. They do like a chicken one there too. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of the Philly cheesesteaks. I, I I've been on a big Philly cheesesteak kick lately. Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, I've I been still, on a big kick of. Them. I know we're really not talking about hamburgers, but have you ever had like a Pittsburgh style hamburger where they put a fried egg on top of the hamburger with all the other stuff? <sighs> yeah, that's one of my favorite kinds. They have one. It's it's a local joint in Portland called Mike's Drive-In, mm. and it's it's they have that bacon, ham, egg. Oh, it's so. Oh, I just thought of another so sandwich that if a, they're they're only good if they're really good. You know, like I wouldn't go for an mm-hmm. inferior fried or oyster po' boy sandwich. Oh, those That's are so good. good. Acme Oyster Bar in New New Orleans. They have. Oh, I we went there so many times. I am shooketh because Lisa notoriously <laughs> does not like seafood. So the fact that you'd like a fried oyster po' and boy I have is... a specific location that I like to go to. See, when I went to New Orleans, I'm very well, much anywhere in New Orleans is going to have a good po' boy. Yeah, I'm very much when I am traveling, I will eat the local fare, whatever the local food is. I am down to try it. We went to a swamp tour, and my friend Marcus, God bless this on, boy. I've been on that swamp tour. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. But, Okay, but they take you to each hotel to pick up the rest of your group, right? So you have to stop at like six to eight hotels. And my friend Marcus was with me, and he slides over next to me. He goes, hey. I'm like, what? What, Marcus? He goes, do you think we have enough time to order before we get to the hotel to order the oysters from the restaurants that are in the area. And we were trying to find locations to stop and order and just like oysters at each stop while we were waiting for people to get on the bus. Yeah, I ate a lot of oysters oh. when I was in New Orleans, and it was amazing. I just the, rem- one thing I didn't like, though, I had a, a, a soft-shell crab sandwich, and I, I was not a fan. Talking about sandwiches is reminding me of all these sandwiches that I really love, but I'm too lazy to make for myself. Okay. Somebody else will always make it better. Grilled yes. cheese. Yeah. Oh, grilled cheese. Is grilled cheese with some tomato soup. Oh. I've started making that on Hawaiian bread too and it just added a whole nother level. There's what's this, this place cap- in Juarez that has oh. sandwiches and I always try to recreate it at home and I cannot. So Isn't people annoying? who know how to make Do sandwiches they call them from sandwiches. Lunches. <laughs> so anybody yeah. who knows how to right. make a sandwich from <laughs> No Te Levantes Honey, let me know. Tell me more about this Capriati's. Is that a chain? Uh, yes, I believe so. It's a, it's a chain restaurant, but uh, it's down the street, actually. It's right next to Chipotle. But they, they've, I don't know how long they've been there now. I've, I've gone like once or twice, I think. 
But yeah, it's but it's you go there if you want a Philly cheesesteak. I've been I get I get on weird food kicks where I'll eat the same thing over and over again for like a month or two. Right now I'm on mussels. And I'm not a big seafood person, but I don't know why. I've just been really if you like I'm, mussels, come over here. I've been working out. Oh they gosh. have a capastrami sub at Capriati. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so good. As you said, you're gonna buy us. Yeah, screw Starbucks, man. You're getting sandwiches get today. Sandwiches. They're not open. Can I don't think they're open yet, but oh. I'll, if you want to wait, I'll get you one. You thank Lisa for that. <laughs> so uh, state by state, uh-huh, um, uh-huh, they uh-huh. went by. So I think the best way to do this, you can see Brandon's post at buzzadamshow.com is just to say chicken sandwich was the number one favorite sandwich in Arkansas, Georgia, Indiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Nevada. Like that was kind of the big Mm. one that that really popped up there. And tuna sandwich. And I do love love a tuna sandwich. Do you like a tuna melt? No. So it's got to be cold. I I prefer it, yeah. That was New Mexico's favorite sandwich was the tuna sandwich. There were six states that said that uh, the tuna sandwich, and that included New Mexico, Idaho, Maryland, Montana, Rhode Island, Wisconsin. Do you like a good Reuben? If it's at a good place, yeah. Like if it's at a deli. See, that's one of the things. I've always heard, what is a Reuben? A Reuben, I believe, is... Either, yeah, it's hot. It's, it's hot. It's either corned beef or pastrami Ooh. with sauerkraut and oh. Swiss cheese and Thousand Island dressing. Okay. Uh, barbe- it's a white thing. Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> barbe- barbecue sandwich got a lot, mostly in the South, but Alabama, mm. Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, and West Virginia but said what barbecue sandwich. I could be pulled pork. Pork, it could, it could yeah. be brisket. Like, I, you know. It's a large umbrella they're working with. Yeah. What do you guys, okay, so have you guys seen what Texas is? No. Um, okay, don't look, Buzz. Ooh, okay. I want to see if you can guess what Texas' favorite sandwich is. Knuckle sandwich. Okay. Something with bacon. I'm going to go with some like sort of like either pastrami or like a Reuben. Something no. I haven't had before. <laughs> God, I'll say uh, roast beef. Oh, that's a good oh, one. That is <laughs> roast good one, beef is good. <laughs> roast beef actually came up on New Hampshire. That was their favorite I'm going to go with pastrami. So roast beef for Buzz, pastrami for Lisa. Bacon, what else is going on your sandwich there, Joanna, with your bacon? Or is it just bacon? Bacon. bacon with a sandwich. side of bacon. And with a side of bacon. No. Think Whataburger. And what is the most sandwich-like item that they have? I know that we're obviously Honey butter it. chicken biscuit. No. <laughs> Patty <laughs> melt. Oh, the patty melt is apparently uh, the favorite sandwich in Texas. Not a big fan of the patty melt myself. Really? Oh man, I I had one of those. Oh, when was it? I think it was last weekend. Now all I'm thinking about is no te levantes, honey. Well, let me (laughs) let me pick on Oregon for a second. Oregon and Washington. What is that? I've never even heard of that. I had to look it up. Oh, bunny! A little. Oh, I love bunny. Like a little roll. Yeah. And the sandwich parts are in it. Yeah, it says it's a Vietnamese sandwich that's made with a baguette. Oh, it's so good, though. And Bami that was Oregon so and good. Washington both both had that one. Yeah. It, oh, I've had that before. I've had a really... There was a food truck out here, and I've never been able to find them again. And whoever you are, I love you so much. Please come back into my life. Uh, they made an amazing banh mi sandwich. It was outside of, I think, Blackbird. Spell banh mi. It's like B-A-N. B-A-N-H or B-A-N-H. Yeah. Ooh, looks good. Yeah, but it comes like a little baguette, and then it has, I think, cucumbers inside of it, too. Um, 
Oh, did we ever decide it's is a hot is a hot dog sandwich? <laughs> I don't want to go down that path again. Okay, I think well, we've already had election that day. We don't need another fight, right? <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, banh mi's a little bit spicy. Oh, I love banh mi though. Like I really a, need you guys. Apparently, to try a torta it. is a sandwich as well because Hell people yeah, were asking, "Are they?" And that was Arizona's favorite sandwich. Oh. Well, let's leave the hot dog be it a sandwich, but I think we need to address this head on. Is cereal a soup? What? Is cereal a soup? Why would you say something so controversial right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's election yeah, so, day. Like you need stir to the wait. pot. Yeah. yeah. Why do you want to stir do the that? pot of cereal people, that is may or may not be soup? <laughs> Some people just want to watch the world burn, man. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. It is election day in America, and I would just say, I think this is a an important topic that we haven't considered. But if you haven't voted yet, keep this in mind today. Whoever we elect is going to decide whether or not. Joe Exotic gets a part. <laughs> I think this is an undercovered aspect of the presidential race, so keep that in mind. Well, the uh, the least important election uh, today is the election for mayor in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. I'll repeat that for you if you missed it. Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Rabbit Hash. Is electing a new mayor. And they've got multiple candidates. Are you ready? Yeah. 13 dogs. Damn. A donkey. Okay. A rooster. Uh-huh. A dead cat. Mm. And one actual human who, like in early po- polling, has no chance of winning. Oh, no. <laughs> he must not be a good boy. So Rabbit Hash has 400 people. And believe me, I, I'm very familiar with towns that have less than 400 people. So it's not the smallest town I've ever heard, but they have been electing animals as their mayor for 22 years. The current mayor is a pit bull named Bren. <laughs> Full name, Brenneth Paul Tro. Paul oh, God. <laughs> Do you want to know who the... The, the front runner the is? The front runner for this race is? His name is Wilbur... The French Bulldog? Yeah. So far, they've only ever elected dogs, but it is good to see some representation coming from the donkey and the rooster category. Yeah. And the dead cat. Let's not forget the dead cat demographic. So, you know, really progressive stuff going on in Rabbit Hash. Um, so you can vote in this even if you don't live in Rabbit Hash. Hot damn. So the whole thing is a fundraiser. For the Rabbit Hash Historical Society. Oh my God! Aww. If I'm ever within a hundred miles, I'm going to the Rabbit Hash Historical Brandon Society. Paltrow is such a cutie. Anyone can vote. You can go to the website givebutter.com. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about this is just insane and charming and delightful, isn't it? I love it. So we have audio from one of the local election uh, officials there in Rabbit Hash and talking about the candidates, including uh, Wilbur, the French Bulldog, who is, it looks like, has a pretty commanding lead at this point. Uh, Harrison Ford paid tribute to his movie father, Sean Connery. Um, Junior. I wish I did a better Harrison Ford. I don't do a Harrison Ford impersonation other than, you know, you just talk to Indiana was the dog. We named the dog Indiana. 
Um, I guess Harrison Ford, you just act like you. The last thing you want to be doing is an interview, and you just put your voice in a lower register. He said about uh, Sean Connery, he was my father, not in life, but in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Good movie. You don't know pleasure until someone pays you to take Sean Connery for a ride in the sidecar of a Russian motorcycle. Yeah! Bouncing along a bumpy, twisty mountain trail and getting to watch him squirm. A little more from Harrison Ford. God, we had fun. If he's in heaven, I hope they have golf courses. That was pretty good, Buzz. Rest in peace, dear friend. I'm not done. <laughs> Other than uh, Indiana Jones' Last Crusade and the James Bond movies that he was in. So, other than those, what's your favorite Sean Connery role? Man. A lot of people are going to say The Rock. Yeah, probably. I liked The Rock. That was an early Michael Bay movie, right? It was. And it was very peak Michael Bay as well. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, The Rock a whole lot more after I heard the fan theory, like 20 years after it came out. Have you ever heard the fan theory? That he was James Bond. Because he was was a former British intelligence officer who had been sentenced. So, yeah, there was this whole fan theory that hit. And sure, he had a different name, but you would imagine, right, this former spy. Uh, So I had to go back and watch it and be like, all right, I'm going in with the mindset that Sean Connery is actually James Bond locked up at the Rock. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Zardoz. If you want to, I mean, if you want to watch a weird movie, and I'm not saying you have to be on mind-altering substances, but it helps. It it sure helps. Don't forget. Have you uh, ever seen that, or have you just seen clips from it? I've just seen clips. I oh, seen the whole thing. thing. I mean, he looks crazy. He's got this mankini type of red uh, bathing suit. He's got a ponytail. Oh my! And, and there's the revolver. This, there's this giant head, like a giant statue head that flies, and then it lands, and then it just spews guns out of its mouth. Are you looking up Zardoz right now? Yes. That is. Uh, that is so insane. What about Darby O'Gillan and the Little People? Darby O'Gillan the Little People. Look at these thigh-high boots on Sean Connery. Right. Leprechauns were just legend. What about uh, <laughs> Finding Forrester? I never Good saw movie. that. Entrapment, just for that scene with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones going through the lasers. Didn't see that one. Well, you've seen that scene. I have. Oh, yeah, I've seen um, that scene. I'm going to throw Everybody in there seen that scene. the Untouchables. I thought Sean Connery was, was great. I got a, I he got, got an sh- Academy Award, or he's at least nominated for that, wasn't he? If He should have been. I mean, if he wasn't. Uh, no, he won Academy Awards, uh, the Untouchables. He won Best Supporting Actor. His here's, only Academy Award. Here's my favorite line to impersonate Sean Connery, mm-hmm. and it's from the Untouchables. So it's when uh, the Al Capone's guy goes over to kill... Uh, Sean Connery's character and he's got a knife and he's going to sneak up behind him and then Sean Connery turns around with a shotgun just like a wop brings a knife to a gunfight thank you thank you <laughs> Hunt for Red October was really good too oh, yeah, I sure. thought plays a Russian I remember watching that when I was a kid I had no idea I was like I think that was I, I saw that in the theaters it I, came out I like in 89 or 90 I, yeah and I think I I Went and saw that for my eighth or ninth birthday. Wasn't Alec Baldwin? That was my party. Yeah, I think that was when he was playing Jack Ryan. Right. 
And I didn't have a clue what was going on. God, way more actors have played Jack Ryan than have played James Bond, haven't mm-hmm. they? Uh, well, I don't know about more, but you've got... True story, I used to fall asleep in movies. And That's not shocking. Hunt for Red October is one that I just conked out in. Oh, yeah, it was uh, my 10th birthday, and that was the movie that I chose to go see for my 10th birthday. <laughs> and... I, I think all my friends fell asleep. Like that's where that was what my party was. My party was going to see the Hunt for the Red October because my dad got me. Hooked I mean, on it those. wasn't nonstop action though, no. right? You got to admit it's boring as hell. Yeah, it's super boring. But that was that was the like I had this weird kick back oh! then, like watching things like Iron Eagle and things like that. Vanity just suggested a great one that I completely like forgotten somehow. Dragonheart. Oh yeah. So that's a good one. It was only his voice as the dragon, but that's another good one if you if you got a uh, like an amateur Sean Connery impersonation. So, Knight of the Old Code. As far as television uh, goes tonight, there's going to be coverage of election on all the networks, all the news uh, stations. So if you're not interested or already voted or just want to get away from it all, uh, I hope you got Netflix or Hulu. Or something. So tonight, ABC, your voice, your your vote. NBC has Decision 2020. CBS has Election Night. America Decides. Fox uh, Network has Fox Democracy 2020. Uh, over on Showtime, Stephen Colbert's got an Election Night special. So Democracy's Last Stand, Building Back America Greater Again Better 2020 on Showtime with Stephen Colbert. And then, of course, all the news stations... Uh, CNN, your MSNBC, your Fox News, your OANN are all going to be nonstop coverage of the election. <laughs> oh, two more movies, one that I thought of and one that somebody, uh, Antonio Banderas in the chat said the original Highlander movie. How did we forget that There can one? be only one. Nah. Ramirez. And I want to throw in Robin and Marion, which was like a older uh, Robin Hood and made Marion. Remember, he was in, he was also good. in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He played uh, the king, I believe, with Kevin Costner. I believe, I believe so. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way. Uh, first night, he was in First Night. He was King Arthur. Are you getting those confused by any chance? No, I, I swear that okay, he was could be in right. um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. And we yeah, got... he was King Richard the Lionheart. Really? He had a cameo. Oh, okay. Like he wasn't. In, like oh, he, he was King Richard. He yeah. wasn't King John. I was no, going to say no, King no, no, John no, 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 was no, no, Alan Rick. No, no, Alan Rick was, was Sheriff uh, of Notting. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Well, we're getting uh, early reports from New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire has got a couple of places there where where their vote is like counted earlier or whatever. So looks like uh, Dixville Notch went heavily for Biden and uh, one of the other ones uh, seems to kind of be on, you know, coming down on the Trump side at this point. But today is election day. We're going to have the Mojo calendar daily almanac of events. It's also National Sandwich Day. Uh, somebody put somebody put down a sandwich that nobody uh, mentioned. PB&J. Hmm. It's not my favorite favorite. sandwich. Yeah, we're not six. (laughs) I mean, I enjoy I mean, a good PB&J, but... PB&J is one of the few things I, I like to eat with a glass of milk. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get to our entertainment report. Uh, every morning around this time, Joanna Barbo has her finger up the pulse of what's going on in Hollywood. <laughs> and 
brings us mm-hmm. uh, her perspective and news <laughs> on entertainment. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. Well, thanks to his work on The Walking Dead, Andrew Lincoln is used to dealing with the undead, so the ghost of Christmas past would be no problem. He'll be meeting that spirit as well as the ghosts of Christmas's present and future as Ebenezer Scrooge in this year's old Vic Theater version of Charles Dickens' tale, A Christmas Carol. Are the, are the actors playing Scrooge getting younger, or is it just because I'm getting older? That's a good point. I always remember him being played as an old but man. It's like Rick ha- Grimes. Have you seen the picture for him in like the costume? He's got that full beard that he had during Walking Dead. Yeah. It looks perfect with what he's wearing. I just want to see him shoot Jacob <laughs> Oh, Marley I tr- see now. Yeah, it looks great, right? I, I want to oh, see yeah. him sh- shoot his former business partner, Jacob Marley, right through the head. <laughs> he does look a little younger, though. Like, he's like... like how old was uh, Ebenezer supposed Scrooge supposed <laughs> to be? Ebenezer Scrooge. Right, like uh, getting some feelings for Ebenezer I don't know. Scrooge. I always right? pictured him as an older guy, but it was back in like the Dickensian era. I think you looked that way if you were over 30. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> right. you've lived a long life yeah. by then. The production of the Jack Thorne play ad- adaptation will be live streamed as part as of the famed London Theatre's Old Vic in-camera series. In keeping with COVID-19 rules, there will be no audience for the production, which takes the stage for 16 shows through from December 12th through the 24th, though it will feature 18 performers, a full set, and a live orchestra. Tickets for viewing the production will be made free for schools and care facilities, though 80,000 will be made available to the public. Wesley Snipes is addressing allegations Patton Oswalt made about him. Patton said he was difficult to work with on the set of Blade Trinity back in 2004. To review, Patton said that he was effing crazy in a hilarious way. Got a question. Yeah. Was Patton Oswalt in yes. Blade yeah. 3? Was he blind in that? He was kind of the that? tech... Um, no, the, uh, the girl from um, American was Pie was the... blind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The girl from American Pie? Yeah, not... Yeah. not Natasha what, Leone. There you go. This is the one where they introduce these two characters, uh, uh-huh. vampire hunters that are played by... Uh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel and, and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Right. So I, I want to hear what... Okay, so I had not heard that Pat Oswalt had something to say about Wesley Snipes. Right, so we he says that he was crazy in a hilarious way and claimed that Wesley Snipes tried to strangle the director, David Goyer. He said, quote, let me tell you one thing. If you tried to strangle David Goyer, you probably wouldn't be talking to me now. A black guy with muscles strangling the director of a movie is going to jail, I guarantee you. Now Snipes went on to address that the microaggressions black people face all the time, stating, quote, the presumption that one white guy can make a statement and that statement stands as true. Why would people believe this version true? Because they are predisposed to believing the black guy is always the problem. As for Wesley's take on Patton, he said, quote, I can barely remember him on this set, but it's fascinating that his statement alone was enough to make people go, yeah, you know, Snipes has got a problem. So far, Patton hasn't responded. But in earlier versions of interviews, Patton has said that throughout the entire time, Wesley Snipes was high as a kite. He's like, I don't deny that. So So, him saying, I can barely remember him on set kind of makes sense. Yeah. So... I remember like stories about uh, this movie, and the story was uh, that Wesley Snipes w- had a really bad attitude about the movie because he felt like these younger actors were being brought in to kind of push him out of the Blade franchise, and so he 
like was suspicious about this and who said that he suggested that he have a nude scene with Jessica Biel like who on the show no, I, I we haven't talked about he, it on the air yet no, oh. I know but that's what I'm saying it's like you're asking a question are you asking us or are you asking yeah, we're, who we're, said that in an interview because I believe I, I don't know who, who originally said it but that's what I have always heard is that Wesley Snipes wanted, like, he kept pushing to do a nude sex scene with Jessica Biel. <laughs> He's all, let's get naked. And Jessica and they Biel's said, like, I well, don't want this. Well, she's not your love interest in this. Uh-huh. And Justin Timberlake was, like, stopped trying to bring so? sexy back. <laughs> you can see Wesley Snipes Okay, I looked that up in- and now I'm creeped out. I looked up on accident, Wesley Snipes, nude sex scenes. Corporate's going to be on me. For Why are you looking? <laughs> because I was trying to see if this was like ever a thing. <laughs> These and pop the- up every now and then. You have like the, the comic book resource and, and pages like that. And um, this is how you get on corporate's ooh. radar. Though. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. No, that, that, oh, I shouldn't have clicked that. <laughs> I shouldn't have clicked that. And, they, and there's articles that they Interview. put up that have... Um, all of these, you know, the horror stories of Wesley Snipes on Blade 3. I mean, they're all just stories as far as I know, you know. But if Patton Oswalt said it, I don't think Patton Oswalt is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find him to be a cred- pretty credible, credible source. When did this movie come out again? Like 2003, 2004, yeah, something like that. You can see Wesley Snipes Ooh. in Coming to America, the sequel to the 1988 monster hit, Coming to America. So 15 years ago, the Sydney Morning Herald um, out of Australia, it talks. it's an interview with Jessica Biel, and they're saying uh, he alienated, uh, alienated cast and crew the whole time because he was in character as the aggressive vampire hunter Blade. And Jessica Biel said, quote, it's weird to see him in the morning and not quite know what to say. I don't get a response. Does he hate me? Is he mad at me? There's a bunch of questions that go through your head before you start filming. See, that's the question. That's the the version that I'd heard was like he was kind of ticked off during the entire filming because he felt like, oh, they're trying to introduce these these character these white characters to kind of push me out of my own franchise. Ryan Reynolds said people would use the words in character to to substitute for standoffish sometimes. But, you know, I truly believe that Wesley Snipes is just so into his character while we're on set. He embodies Mm. every aspect of that character when he's shooting, and that's what worked for him. I found it awkward to work with someone who is that method and that into their character. It's not a particular acting style that I subscribe to. And Jessica Biel admitted in the interview saying, it's definitely an experience for me. I've never worked with anyone who chose to work that way. But we got used to it, and we still had a good time. All right. And finally, Johnny Depp lost his libel suit against the British tabloid The Sun that called him a wife beater. But more importantly, the judge decided that Amber Heard most definitely did not poop on Johnny Depp's bed. (laughs) Instead, he blamed Amber's dog, Boo, who had, quote, an incomplete mastery of her bowels after she had accidentally consumed some marijuana. (laughs) He also noted... That Johnny was away when it happened, so Amber would be the only one likely to suffer from the feces on the bed. Can you, do you know if they presented any evidence and what that would have been? I think the witness was one of the maids who found the poo. Yeah. And they were like, there's poo on this bed. And they were like, well, who did it? Poo on this Can I ask what? 
what breed of dog we're talking about here? Um, I mean, it had to be pretty big. Pretty, pretty big dog. To a, you know, human. <clears throat> For it to be confused as that. You know what? It does not say what kind of dog it was. Okay, or else Amanda Heard, you know, takes very Amber. small. What is her name? Amber. Amber Heard. Amber? I don't know. It does not say here what kind of dog <laughs> it was. Her name should be Amber Turd. <laughs> <laughs> But that that was like established in the court. She definitely did not poop the bed. Yeah, it was the, the, judge was it like, was the no. high dog. It was the dog that accidentally you know, consumed all, weed. All the time I've been picturing this dog that they oh, had taken over to Australia. In court. Oh, there's really? Of link. the poop? Yeah. Oh, there's no pictures of the poop. You remember they had taken a dog to New Zealand, but they hadn't gone right. through like, like customs, customs for it. And they were going to put the dog down, and it was a <laughs> tiny little teacup. Chihuahua or whatever. I keep picturing that this dog. This only says two small dogs and one is Pistol and one is Boo. Yeah, if you just so want to see it a turd that's related to Johnny Depp, just go watch uh, Lone Ranger. Nice. Oh, nice. With Entertainment News, I'm Joanna Barba. Let's do a quick look at the Mosho Calendar Daily <laughs> Almanac of Events. Uh, today is Cliché Day. Ugh, you're such a cliché. Mm. Today is Election Day. And today is Public Television Day. Birthdays uh, today include, I guess she's one of the Kardashians, Kendall Jenner, mm-hmm. is famous enough to mention, right? 25? Yeah. Oh, she's she the one that saved the world with the Pepsi? Yes. And she just had a big party this past weekend oh, for her birthday. Right. It was a rooftop party oh, and a bunch of mad. celebrities. And, mm-hmm. Former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick is 33. 33. 33. Dude, I think he deserves a, a shot in the NFL. I mean, I haven't seen him work out or anything, but I was thinking, okay, well, he maybe was coming to the end of his career, and he's not interested in playing football anymore, but he's 33. I mean, he's 10 years younger than Brady, right? Yeah. Uh, birthday for the actress who played Mimi on the Drew Carey Show. Kathy Kinney is 66 today. She was great in that show, man. Uh, birthday for the star of the greatest vampire movie ever made, Bordello of Blood, Dennis Miller. Yeah! Is now, the truth is, Bordello of Blood isn't even the best vampire movie that has Corey Feldman in it. That was <laughs> like Lost, Boy. Lost Boys. Right? I totally forget that Corey Feldman's in Bordello of Blood. Such a good movie. Dude, Angie Everhart is a vampire. Oh, God. Right? So, Dennis Miller's 67, same age as Kate Capshaw. Steven Spielberg's wife, they met on the set of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And uh, she's 67 as well today. Former uh, famous person, uh, Roseanne Barr, is 68 today. And a former heavyweight champion is having a birthday. I'm going to say this might he might be the most underrated heavyweight champion. Lennox Lewis. No, that's a good guess, too. Oh. Lennox Lewis, I think, is extremely underrated. Larry Holmes yeah. is 71. He was the champ from 78 to 85, defended his title 20 times before losing to Michael Spinks. I thought Larry Holmes was a great, great champion. And former presidential candidate Michael Dukakis is 87. He ran against George Bush the Elder in 88. I don't know if you remember like the kind of things that would kind of injure your career as a politician you know that just seems so weird today Mm -hmm. he 
was taking a tour and they were showing him a, you know, a big tank, like a military tank. And they said, yeah, you want to climb up in there? So he climbed up in there, put a helmet on, and somebody took a picture, and it looked so ridiculous. Every American at once said, nope, nope, this guy can't be president. Look how silly he looks. Today uh, is the anniversary of the first dog shot into space, and it wasn't by us. It's the Russians, wasn't it? And it wasn't. And and still it was, up there, isn't it? It was a one-way ticket. So, yeah. 63 years ago, 1957, Laika was, was launched the point into of orbit. Sending a dog up in space if it wasn't coming back, how are you going to tell if it worked? I, I don't know this for a fact, but maybe they wanted they could tell if he was alive. They just wanted to monitor to see what the effect on any living thing would be if you're in space. But how mean, are you monitoring it? I don't know. Maybe they had some 1957 science mm, where like, they were. Like, I don't it's know. It's like communism, man. It's like one step down. Oh, this is amazing, and then there's no follow through. You know, I hate to go too far because I I can't say for certainty that our NASA program had a plan for getting all the animals that we sent up there back. <laughs> <laughs> but I am picturing like a dog skeleton with a Russian space helmet on it, <laughs> and it's just the skeleton, and it's Aww. circling around in uh, space because that definitely was a one-way ticket for Laika, the first dog to go into space. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I've got, uh, okay, Joanna, you've got to explain this to me. So <laughs> in 2016, you had to go to your polling station. You're saying that you don't have to go to your specific you, station, but is that only in El Paso or is that across Texas? It depends if your county is on the approved list of the county-wide polling place program, which El Paso County is on, meaning you can vote at any voting center on election day. So you don't but have in, to go to in the to same your, county though. In the same county, yeah. correct. But you don't have to go to the one that's specific to to yours. And I had been saying that you did have to because that's the way they've always that's done it. That's how it's yeah. always yeah. been, right? All right. But not this year. So voting uh well, centers open at seven. They opened at seven today. They are closed at seven PM. So you have time to go vote at any vote the nearest one to uh, for you. You nearest, or maybe you drive by one and decide, right. yeah, I and don't want to like, go oh, there, I should I'll do go it. to another one. Exactly. I love that. I think it's so smart because, yeah, there's a lot of times where... Oh, you know what, you though? Just, in the back like, of my oh. mind, I'm just thinking, is some you know, party official or some party lawyer going to get in there and say, well... You didn't vote at the right place. We get to throw out all those votes. I know that sounds paranoid, but after what they tried to pull in Harris County, you know, would I wouldn't put you anything. Say something so controversial right now. My it's mind like goes there. God, it's like your soup take earlier. I know. Remember the, right? the doom scrolling? You're doing that, but in your brain. But your like brain mouth. You do talk. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, but if I'd have told, if I'd have said last week that mm-hmm. they they were going to take uh, drive-through votes, which were totally legal and a hundred thousands of people did it and they were going to say oh those don't really count we're going to throw out your vote you would have thought i was crazy right and now that it's happened so i don't you know don't throw it out into the universe i know doom talker i'm just saying i i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised by anything and you're a doom troll not a doom scroll you doom troll yourself well, just yesterday, the president was talking about how at midnight they need to quit counting votes, which... That actually works against him, though, because a lot of the right. early voters were the Democrats, so... Yeah, but in a lot of places, the early voting, they don't start counting until 
today. Today, and a lot of the mail-in votes that might have been postmarked before the election don't get Ooh, in until in today the- or later. So it's, I mean, it's, it's stunning that a president would get up and say, we need to stop the voting at anything that's not voted by midnight. Here, I'll let you. You know, tomorrow. By the way, that's like, <laughs> had to been long before the third. That is him yesterday. That's the second when he's saying that. They interviewed a couple of voters. First of all, you got uh, Stacey Schreiber, who is a Trump voter in Pennsylvania. And it seems like, you know, they're really pinning a lot on the on the way the vote goes in Pennsylvania. So she's uh, talking about her anxiety with what's going to happen with the election. And she's worried about uh, violence. There are places all over Washington, in a lot of the major cities that are being boarded up, like businesses. Dude, they put those fences back up in front of the White House. The I, ones when the, with the George Flo- antici- during the George Floyd uh, oh, protests, okay. they put those fences back up around the White House yesterday. On TikTok, a bunch of people that like live in Washington, D.C. or in big cities like Chicago, they're already showing, like, this is how our stores and businesses are already being boarded up in anticipation for election night. Do you ever see those footage of people who have like a large dog and they're trying to push the dog into the bathroom because they're going to give it a bath, mm-hmm. but the uh-huh. dog's big enough that it actually does one of these things? Yeah. <laughs> like I see that the front door of the White House is if, if Trump loses, he's like this. And no! He's like, no! I'm not leaving! I'm not leaving! I think of the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving! Leaving! <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Here's the telephone number to the Buzz Adams Morning Show. People have said that I don't give the phone number out enough and that I don't give out the uh, neckline number enough. So I'm going to do that right now. If you ever want to call during the show, we, we really make your calls a priority. So we'll stop pretty much anything we're doing other than commercials or an interview with, with somebody. We'll stop it if you call us. So the toll-free studio line is 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. Toll-free neckline uh, number. You call this anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Leave a message that could get played back on the air. And that number is 844-805-NECK. 844-805-6325. Lisa's going to have our rock news coming up here in a moment. So what are you doing? Watch a little uh, election coverage? Are you glued to all the day. set? All day. I or do you, avo- or day do you avoid I, it at all costs? I watch as much as I can, man. Every every election year? Oh, yeah. I or, love election day. I mean, yeah, you're. I'm, 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 I'm relatively vested in who wins, um, but it's just the, the election process excites me. And the... Following the races, following the electoral map, and following um, the different uh, you know states' races and Senate, and, really? and you know even locally to the mayoral race and things like that. Now, oh, is it I more? Love it, man. Is your interest more ramped up when it's a presidential election oh, year I'm, than when it's absolutely, yeah. absolutely? Don't give me that midterm crap. I don't care about those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this would be speculation as to what has animated the voters so much that. Around the country, we're seeing voter participation unlike anything we've seen in 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 the modern era. I mean, the amount of people who have already voted early. In where we live in El Paso County, already more people voted early than voted in the entire 2016 election. 
And I think people are very passionate about the candidate that they want to vote for. Mostly, you know, I think the presidential election uh, takes up a lot of that oxygen. But I, I go back to 2018, and I mean, a lot of people came out, and, and it w- was kind of across the country and in, in a lot of different states and a lot of different regions. It was a, it was, the, you remember they called it in 2018, it's a referendum on Trump. Let's see how Republicans do versus Democrats. I don't want to make any prediction because I think one of the things that happened in 2016 was everybody was saying that it was going to be so lopsided. And that Clinton was just going to destroy Trump in 2016. I mean, you were hearing that on the news. You were hearing it on late they night television. So, you were hearing it on Saturday Night Live. And I think a lot of people in 2016 heard that and said, oh, well, it's going to be lo- so lopsided. I don't need to go waste my yeah, time. Yeah, I don't need to, to go waste my time. Or, you know what? I, I'm going to vote on principle. I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. Um, the news has flipped a 180 on that. They realize that... All the claims of this thing is over, Clinton's going to win, was it, it's just, it was horrible. It was absolutely awful. And all day yesterday, as I was watching CNN, and you, you don't hear him through, saying that. You don't oh, hear no, him saying it's, it's in the back. They, they almost, after every single statement, no, because they, they want to get projections and they want to get people who are going to come in and say, who, who do you think is going to win here or how do you think this state is going to go? And they get somebody to say that. And then it's almost like clockwork. Once it's over, they say, but then again, you know, we know that this anybody could win. We don't know, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I think it might have even been Don Lemon last night. Who they're said, like, our bad. <laughs> yeah, he was like, if anybody tells you they know what's happening, they're wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, the 2000 election kind of upended what we thought we knew and how accurate we think polling is and, and just a lot of things. But I, I think that uh, the perspective has changed a lot in the four years since the last election. They had a really cool thing from 538 where they talked about what if the what if there was a polling error as large as it was back in 2016 mm-hmm. and they do a full breakdown state by state of this is how it like if you take the, the percentage points that they were off and then how the vote actually came out here is how it would all play out. Well 5 is it 538? 538. 538 uh, back in 2016 what what they did uh, instead of saying, "Well, here's who's going to be the winner," they broke it into here's the percentage chance that they have of winning. So they had you know Trump down around ten percent mm-hmm. chance of winning, and I think they're doing something similar. The number that I heard from five thirty on Friday of last week was they're giving Trump thirteen percent, and the way they explained that was if you take a coin and flip it um, six times. And it comes up, you know, the, the equivalent of the chances would be that you flip the same coin and it comes up heads three times in a row or comes up tails three times in a row. So, um, yeah, I think the the media, I think the Democrats, the Democratic Party have been a lot more careful this year than in 2016 uh, not to be overconfident, not to tell people that it's in the bag or it's a foregone conclusion or, or anything else. Over at BuzzAdamsShow.com, uh, Joanna put up an important post, and uh, this one is that on Election Day, in certain areas in Texas, not all, but in certain areas, you can mm-hmm. vote at any of your polling stations, not just the one that you're assigned to. Correct. So that is a change from 2016 and 2018, even. So mm-hmm. El Paso County is one of those areas where it's it been approved. It is. 
Uh, so you could just drop in any of the polling places in the county and uh, you can vote there. And if you don't know if yours is, there's a link in the post uh, where you can click on it and it'll show you all the counties and you, you can see if yours is part of it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. But we've got a call on the line. This is the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show. In one hour, two for Tuesday is going to get underway. But we've got this final hour, which is also known as the El Paso Hour. Although we still have listeners uh, across the state, around the country. This is Marlon. Hi, Marlon. Hey, what's up, Buzz? What's going on? Now, brother, question. So, listening to everything that's going on um, with the election and everything, yep. voting and all that good stuff. So, we're at... U.S.-wise, we're at about 100,000 early votes have gone in. Yep, of a very population close. Of no, very no, no, close almost 100 million. Yeah, so, yeah, 100 million. Sorry. Yep. And so do you think that the reason why the numbers are so high is because of all the misinformation and coming from both sides, whether you're not picking a side here, coming from both sides, misinformation and, you know, the, the restrictions on polling places and where to go to vote and stuff like that. Do you think more Americans are going out to vote out of fear of losing said unsaid vote or, you know, losing something? They're voting out of fear versus their civic duty? Uh, No, I think people are animated in this election uh, because they either really love the way the country's been going the last four years or they really hate the way the country's been going as far as like you know voter suppression or any kind of uh limiting that's going on i i think that is just a secondary uh symptom of what's happening i think people would have turned out in droves uh, regardless of any of that more recent stuff but don't you think fear is a bigger motivator i mean fear is the biggest motivator is people don't change or do something out of oh because it's good you know if it was good we'd have more healthy people in the in america People only change their, their, their habits and everything they do because, you know, if they don't stop eating this, they're going to die of a heart attack. So they yeah. only do something out of fear. I mean... I'm old enough to remember, and, and a lot of listeners are old enough to remember, when the the biggest talk around a presidential election was that there was really no difference between the candidates. You know, that was a big knock is like, oh, you're getting the same thing from the Republicans as you're getting from the Democrats. I was watching an old Saturday Night Live where they had... Uh, it was back in 99, so it was Bush and Gore, and the whole joke of the skit was that they pretty much agreed on all the, like, there was nothing they, they really didn't agree on. That's not the case. I mean, the the idea that, well, whoever you vote for, it's it's pretty much, you know, what you're getting, and it's the same, you know, the same as what we're used to. I mean, I think that has gone out the window. Cool. All right. Just something to pick the brain, bro. All right. Thanks, Marlon. All right, have a good one. All right, appreciate it. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Today is election day. If you want some reassuring news, uh, election officials around the country say that the, the election process is secure. They also urge patience with the results. And one of the reasons they have to urge patience is because the president Equal has been credit. saying that no votes if they're not counted by midnight tonight they shouldn't be counted at all so election uh, officials around the country are saying look our our elections are secure just uh show some patience hold on let me bring up guns and roses <laughs> it's okay maybe chris cornell's version mm. oh. um th- listen there there have been plenty of years when 
not all the votes were counted until days or you know up to several days mm-hmm. after oh, the election. Oh, those blasted so, hanging chads. Remember that, huh? Well, sure, you remember that. I can remember being at a Christmas party. That was the first presidential election I could vote in. Oh, really? Yeah. In 1999, I can remember being at a uh, Christmas party. and Somebody had a lot of eggnog, and they got me in a corner by the Christmas tree. They were telling me about <laughs> how they were sick and tired of talking about the election. It, it wasn't decided in time for Christmas. You know, so it was like mid-December, and it still happened. So we were following it every day. Like, what's the latest? Who's going to be the president? Because it was still up in the air. Job? Yeah, I was, you know, doing my job. <laughs> so Listen, crazy. We don't want to hear about that. Yet. I mean, it... So change the station. Uh, so, yeah, that in 99, that, that elect, the results of that election were not known mm-hmm. until... I forget when they finally... You talk Declared too much about the election. I want to hear about Y2K. <laughs> yeah. When we're all going to die. I'd almost forgotten, but that was still at the thing where yeah. it's like, all right, maybe nothing, maybe it won't be so bad, but maybe civilization's going to collapse because Y2K. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, an update of sorts on the county judge's order to shut down or to go back on restrictions for non-essential businesses. Oh. Should we should okay? Should we be open, close? What's going on here? Uh, well, this goes. Let me just, you know, give you the context. Uh, on Thursday, County Judge Leo Salmon, uh, Leo <laughs> Ricardo, Leo? <laughs> Leo used to be the sheriff for a long time. Leo oh, Salmon okay. Diego was the sheriff, but uh, are they related? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Uh, anyway, Ricardo Salmon Diego had put out an order saying that we're going back on restrictions for two weeks non-essential businesses, uh, including salons, gyms, that would cover dining in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. Uh, The next day, the mayor, well, that same day on Thursday, the mayor came out and said, well, he doesn't have the authority. Yeah, he doesn't have the authority to do it. He got the attorney general, Ken Paxton, to back him up on that. Uh, they argue the order is illegal because it goes against uh, Governor Greg Abbott's October 7th order tied to reopening Texas businesses. So, you know, if you're thinking, well, Sam and Diego never had that authority. No, he did have that authority. What happened on October 7th was Abbott specifically suspended sections of the Texas government code that says that local and county officials can make those kind of calls. So... Uh, you know, he's if he's in violation of a governor's order, it's not some long-standing, you know, traditional way that we've done things in Texas. This is specifically the October seventh order. Anyway, the update is that they're going to have a hearing tomorrow, so oh. nine a.m. El Paso time, before the thirty-fourth district court judge. That's William Moody's court, and the hearing is going to be at the request of a group of ten. El Paso restaurant operators and the Texas Attorney General's office. So, uh, as it stands now, the county judge is saying that this is my this is my order. It's it's legal and it's enforceable. The sheriff's department has said they will enforce the county judge's order. The mayor says it's not enforceable, and the El Paso police say they're not going to enforce it. I, it sounds, you know, it sounds like. Uh, crazy talk but i i'm just wondering if there could ever be a situation where the sheriffs were it gets along well if the sheriffs are in the process of citing somebody and then the police show up and cite the sheriffs for citing people because <laughs> they're on the opposite side. flying all around it's like I, confetti. I mean it sounds laughable and ridiculous but uh, this whole but last you know, since thursday has been nuts yeah 
Let's get a couple of calls uh, on the toll-free studio line, which is 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. And uh, Mike is on the line. Hello, Mike. Hey, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, good, Mike. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for asking. Yep. Um, so maybe this is uh, just something I've missed. And I'm like Brandon, I, I love the you know coverage on election day. Yeah, I've watched the last dude. couple of days. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I don't really watch, you know, midterms or anything, but, yeah, but I garbage. do pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that's like watching the Pro Bowl instead of the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah, give, me, give me a real election, all right? <laughs> but um, but one one thing that I have missed and I haven't really seen much coverage on is uh, the meddling with the election, like as far as, the you know, the Russians are concerned. Like, obviously, that that's something that occurred, um, you know, back in 2016. And I was wondering... You know, possibly, and something that I'm pretty, you know, soaked about is how many people have early voted. We're, we're coming up on, you know, 100 million people that have, uh, you know, early voted, which I think is just, you know, really cool in, in itself. But I wonder if that has somehow, um, you know, minimized or uh, negated um, the Russians' involvement, you know, possibly, you know, tampering with the election i'll tell you mike i think that our intelligence services were ahead of it this time i mean how they were kind of caught flat-footed back in 2016 and that the way that the russians did it which was you know creating fake facebook groups and saying incendiary things on both sides you know you had some russians posing as black lives matter and saying very misleading things you had others uh, posing as conservatives saying things that were in well not in the interest of the american people in the interest of of putin's government and i think that you know hopefully we've got intelligence services that that have a lot of a lot of nerds a lot of geeks that are on computers making sure that uh, this stuff doesn't happen or minimizing it so i think that's been going on but i i'll reference the 2018 midterms there was a big turnout for that too i you know i don't know if it was anything like like we're seeing for this election but there was you could tell the electorate was engaged in a midterm election in a way that that we hadn't seen in a long time sure sure and and i think like one thing just to point out was uh you know like how in 2016 um you know we were Everybody was saying, you know, Clinton was going to win by a landslide and, and all this. And I think that it actually stirred up that uh, that silent majority. And, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of Democrats didn't get out and vote because they thought, well, what's the point? Well, I think yeah. there were a lot of people. And I, I think I even felt I did vote in 2016, but I even felt it a little bit that it was just more of yeah, I'm going to go and do my thing. But I think a lot of people said, well, everybody says that it's going to be a landslide. Clinton's going to win you know across the board and and they said either well, i'm not going to waste my time on it or uh, you know what i'm going to make a statement i'm going to vote for a third party candidate or yeah, something like I, that I, just didn't why. I was like gary johnson <laughs> <laughs> but um but, no, uh, but I, trust me on on uh the day after election day 2016 there are a lot of people who opened up the paper who voted for gary johnson or jill stein and said oh my god what have i done I was one of them, you know, I, I was one of them, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, what I think it did was it, it, it made a lot of people go out, especially, uh, you know, the Trumpers, uh, go out and think, well, you know, I better get out and vote. And I, I think I, I'm pessimistic, you know, this year, I, 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 I just don't want to, you your know, get caught like with the same feeling, you know, uh, as, as a, you know, 2016 thinking like, oh, this is, 
you know, because it still looks like the same thing. Like the poll numbers are, you know, even more so in, in Biden's favor than they were even in, in Clinton. Brandon was talking about watching the news yesterday, and you, you've noticed that anchors on a, a lot mm-hmm. of the cable mm-hmm. news channels are being very careful well, about how they do They sit there, they, sure. will, they will say... This is what the polls show. But they want to get actual opinions because you can't just have somebody say, oh, here's what the polls show. We don't know what's going to happen. They want to get somebody who's going to say, well, what happens if this state goes to Biden? Or what happens if this state goes to Trump? And then they want to go through that. But almost every single time that they are done, whoever the anchor is or whoever's giving the commentary jumps in and says, but we don't know what is going to happen. Or anything Anybody- could happen, or this isn't a foregone conclusion. Exactly. They're, they're very I've, careful to hedge I've noticed that. that. I've noticed mm-hmm. that. And, and what I think it's going to come down to, what I, what I find interesting, um, you know, is the, the states that Biden's actually competitive. I think that it's, it's crazy that, to think, like, I don't think it's going to happen. But, um, you know, even that he might be competitive in Texas or, uh, like, states like Florida. I think they were saying on the news last night that it's been 96 years since uh, – a Republican has won the presidency and not won Florida. So I think that if Trump doesn't win Florida, it's, you know, it's pretty much over. His path is a lot harder. Um, but ultimately, if, if Biden wins, uh, you know, Wisconsin and Michigan um, and and then even Arizona is up for grabs. So it, it, it's interesting. I'm going to be watching pretty closely, yeah. um, you know, this evening. Drinking but I, I think it's going to be one of those things where uh, – you know, we're probably not going to know the outcome um, until, you know, probably maybe, you know, Thursday. So um, but I, I just people go out and vote. You know, it, it's important. Um, you know, I, I, I can't stress that enough, but I won't take any more of your time, guys. Oh, no, Mike. It's not, you know what? You sound like it, it feels like we've been talking to an election or a polling expert mm-hmm. <laughs> while you're on. I, I really appreciate your input on this. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you guys have a good morning. I, I watch, listen to the show all the time, so thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Yeah, go watch the news, buddy. <laughs> Dude, just like I'm telling you, I I'm going to binge watch the news. I love Election Day. I'm going to go home. I got to get a nap in, and then I got a bunch of stuff I got to do. But I, I'm going to have the news on because I just, I love watching the tracking of the different races, whether it's, you know, senators or governor up for election or is it the local mayor, you know. No, are you going to hang in things. there till late? Hell no, I'm still going to bed. Right. right. I don't. No, I mean, it depends on how tired I am. I mean, if I'm. If, there, it's, if it's really exciting and it's really riveting, I'll probably tough it out and I'm going to stay up. When did you find out in 2016 that Trump had won? That night. Oh, I before went, you went to bed? Yeah, I, I remember bed. I yeah. was at a bar and I was eating tacos because I'm like, this is the last time taco truck's going to be on the corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went to bed. Oh, because you were, Trump but was going to send all the Mexicans back or was, whatever. He was picked pretty early. Yeah, in the it, evening. Yeah, early yeah, in the evening. Yeah, because when I went to bed, yeah. I I remember because my friend Chloe was bartending and I was waiting for some laundry to finish, so I went down in my pajamas and I was just sitting there with her talking and eating. You went to the bar in your pajamas. Look, it's real close to my All house. All right, don't I'm not judge, judging. Don't judge how I enjoy my Tuesday evenings. It was a slow night there, anyways. But I went down there and we're watching. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. Is, no, this is hap- yeah. no, this is happening. Yeah, you and Rachel Maddow. <laughs> and uh, I went home and I was just kind of like, No, okay, I yeah, know this is happening. I need to, you know. John, are you there? The terms. Uh, yes, yes, I am. Hi, John. Uh, thanks for waiting. Good morning, John. Yeah, no problem, sir. Yep. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Um, you know, I've been listening to your show uh, periodically when I get in my vehicle. Um, I really like it. It's a good show. Um, but I, I know that today is like a really, really important day. Everybody's supposed to go out and, you know, uh, vote and, and cast uh-huh. their ballots and all that good stuff. Um, 
But I, I just want everybody to know, and this is, I mean, this is my personal opinion, but no matter who we put in office, they're, they're, they're all going to jack it up. We're just trying to pick the person that's going to jack it up for me. I love it. We're, Go we're on. trying to vote for the person who's going to jack it up the least. I like him. I like this. It, 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 it's really how it is. You know, and, and not to mention the president, it really is just a figurehead. I mean, um, they, they, they can get vetoed just as much as they can veto anybody else. And, you know. Well, you, you know, but there is a leadership aspect. And, true, you, true. you know, you, you look at this pandemic that you're going through and you just wonder, you know, if a different. If a different guy, even a different Republican, had been in there, would would there have been a, a vast difference in the number of deaths and what we're going through? And you know, that's all a matter of conjecture. But I I don't think I don't think all things are equal. And I don't I don't think that's what you're suggesting either. Uh, no, 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 definitely not everything's equal. I, I don't think that Look, you know, every uh, every politician is going to stick their foot in their mouth for sure. Every oh, yeah. politician is going to have some embarrassing. Uh, gaffes. That's definitely a thing, but... You know, I was listening to this clip real quick, John, uh, but it was from 2014, and it was... You know, let me see if I can get the damn thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that I can. Good talk. Let me see if... No, that's not it. You're okay. doing great. Yeah, I know. You're doing amazing. Steve. Is this it? Okay, so this was two, December of 2014, and Barack Obama, you know, was in his second term. And as I was listening to this, I was like, oh, my God, that's very specific. Like, what he's saying, he's talking about the need to be prepared for a medical emergency in the country. Not just a random medical emergency. I mean, this was six years ago. Listen to how, how specific this was. Oh, my Excuse God. Excuse me, what year's that from? 2014. 2019. He said five years. And it was the very end of December 2019. Dude. You know, so so Obama created or, you know, pushed to get this money in, not just in the United States, but around the world uh, for some kind of pandemic response. And what I'm wondering is, I'm not saying if Obama had been president, but just if somebody who wasn't on a mission to destroy everything that his predecessor had created just out of blind hatred would we have been a little more prepared for this but but listening to that it's almost spooky how much obama was nailing what actually happened but uh thank you very much uh john i appreciate the call today well actually sir one real, real quick thing that um i can't remember if it was a stanford or um it was some ivy league college professor that actually stated a long long time ago probably around the same time that the human race will not actually be um taken down by a war um, or an asteroid or anything like that, he said it will be a disease. It will be a disease that takes out the human race, which goes in the line with actually what President Obama said. So the human race I, I is agree. the disease. Yeah. We are the virus. I, that one I agree with as well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate that. Thanks for the call today. You, you have a good day. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Sometimes I, I haven't checked our Facebook stream and I go over just to see what's going on and I get in the middle of some conversation that started long before I checked it out. It's mm-hmm. like, are our listeners insane? Yeah. yeah. I just got in the middle yeah. of this thing. They're talking about the merits of having a mate who's willing to pick your pimples and pop pop your pimple. Did you follow any of this? Because I, I really did get in right in the middle. I have not been on the chat, no. <gasps> Please stop. 
<laughs> Stop with the uh, pimple. That's gross. You know they have a show on Dr. Pimple yeah, Popper. Basic, basic cable. There are some people who love to watch her videos, and I can't. No, bleh, I can't. Now they're super gross, but there's there's, and it's not just her on on YouTube. There there are at least a hundred of these people who do either like earwax extraction or pimple popping or whatever. I, I'm just piecing this together. I think mm-hmm. Mr. Banderas uh, said that he likes popping his wife's or significant other's pimples. I, I didn't see that post, but then <laughs> Ashley comes back <laughs> says, I've got a couple of pimples from sitting too much on my ass I can't reach, so if you have time in your schedule, then you're free. Let me know. Oh. What is happening in the chat? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes they go off on this thing, and I swear they've all just turned the radio. <laughs> they just They're not even the paying shows, attention the to the us anymore. Muted. Yeah. Uh, there are some of these comments that you're right, I can't read. Uh, Antonio says, I asked my fiance to pick mine. It does hurt usually. I don't know what they're talking about. They're talking about pimples and popping them. Uh, oh, it looks like maybe Ashley's like a big fan of popping. She says, I think every man hates it. I understand that. I keep forgetting to not pick on my dad since he is on blood thinners. And when I first read that, I thought, uh. like, picking on your dad? Oh. I, I, literally, she's talking about picking on her dad. Mark says, I enjoy it. My wife likes to pop them. Bad thing is I only get one every now and then. Sergio's opinion on this. You know, I just realized now I'm I'm following the chat. You know, uh-huh. it's usually the chat is following what's going on in the show. They're not now even I'm, paying attention to I've us. turned it around. It's like now I'm watching you. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio go. says I I'm not a fan of a woman picking my skin. Uh-huh. Either way, I usually take care of my skin every now and then. Popping or scraping like skin imperfections yourself? sometimes leads to permanent scars. True. This reminds me of this weird thing. Uh, there was one thing when this happened. My dad would pop into action like he was a like he was a a surgeon, like a skilled surgeon. Get his liver. Anytime we got a splinter yeah. or a sliver, he would get that needle out, and I mean. He wasn't all that great at it, but yeah. it was like he really snapped into this mode where he was going to get there. He loved there. He, he, he to... loved doing. Do you remember when I told you that I kind of got addicted to picking ticks off my? Oh, yeah. oh my god! <laughs> Why is this happening? You know, the worst for me though was I remember we're not talking once, politics. Yeah, no, there you go. Like, you know what? I'm okay with it now. When I was, I remember when I was in high school, I was really drunk and I fell into a <laughs> cactus. Oh. And my friend Mickey was trying to help me like pull the needles out, but I was like, "It's fine, just let me go." Oh, were <laughs> like, they like like that, like the like three four inch long. I couldn't even. Are they smaller? Listen, kids, don't drink. Did they penetrate 21. your skin, or did they just get stuck in the in the clothing? No, no, it, we were at a pool party. Oh, so I yeah, I was in a bathing suit, and so yeah, oh. no, it was it was in my foot, like in my heel. Oh. 
it was on my knee. Like, and pull, God bless his heart. I have such good guy friends because he was sitting there like, stop it. Let me help you. And I'm like, stop no, just let me live. Like, I'm trying to run away from him. But yeah, he sat there for like a good hour and was pulling just uh, just pulling cactus out of my body for me. And then my friend lit his eyebrows on fire later that mm. night. So, yeah, no, we were bad, terrible children. My brother What's your and- post you're making, Brandon, again? Which one? How much we sucked when we were kids or something? <laughs> no. no. Have you ever, has anybody has anybody from the morning show ever spent a night in jail? <laughs> <laughs> Are we not supposed to reveal? Like, yeah, no, trying to set this up yeah, as a guess or whatever. This, this the, again, we're going back to the Facebook chat because this is kind of what took off yesterday, and it was people giving different suggestions. Mm-hmm. So, what I want people to do, I put a link there. Uh, but go to our Facebook page. Obviously, if you're already watching the Facebook live stream, you can do it. Or if you're not doing that, go to the Buzz Adams Morning Show Facebook page and send us a message. And I want to see what people think. A, who has, you know, had run-ins with the law or spent a night in jail or, you know, been tossed in the back of a police car. And then also, what was it for? And then we'll reveal it maybe tomorrow or later in the week what other people's suggestions are, and then we're going to do the big reveal of the morning show who has actually, you know, had some issues with the police. All right. Uh, so you can find that over on uh, Buzz Adams Morning Show or KLAQ. You can find it at both at buzzadamsshow.com or at klaq.com, but if you're going to give us, you know, a, a suggestion or what you think happened, send us a message on our Facebook page because uh, then I can copy that and I'll put it in an, an updated article later on in the week.